is a shame one. Make sure you plow on. Do plum and CC. Plow on, guys. Too much. Uh, we didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, ball me bouncer. We went for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plowers Bridge is the greatest club in the world. Hello and welcome to the Thanks for Coming podcast. My name's Fred. Joining me today on the other side of London, I assume, is Iskander. Hello, mate. Thanks for coming. Uh, hello, Fred. Thanks for having me. Um, I'd just like to apologise to all the big Will Stevens fans out there. Uh, I know most of you are probably Harvey Stevens or even Mel Stevens fans, uh, and you may have heard that he was going to be on but I have taken his place because he is in America. So he's still with me. Uh, so thanks for having me, Fred. Awesome. Yeah, I think Will got caught up in the uh, travel chaos that seems to be gripping the country. So, Will, if you're hearing this, get back home safe, mate. Anyway, we've got an awesome show planned today. Or I hope what's going to be an awesome show. Um, we've got all the regular features. Uh, we'll go through the fixtures from last weekend, fantasy any other business, the weekly awards that we've become so used to, and another special segment that I'm very much looking forward to, uh, Iskander. We've got a certain shared common feature, both of us, you and me. Do you want to take a guess at what it is? I'll give you a clue. It's not that we're both in the top five fielders of the club. Um, top five looking blokes in the club? No, close. Uh, not the answer I'm looking for. I can't think. Go on, tell me. So, the answer I was looking for is that we're both two of the opening batsmen at this club. And thinking behind this episode was, as two of the senior opening batsmen at this club, that we would begin a dialogue with two of the senior opening bowlers at this club as well. Izzy, do you want to introduce our guest? Yes. So, we are delighted to welcome two men from... Very different walks of lives uh, to ourselves, but have joined us in the social hub of South East London over the last year or two. We have uh, the nicest ploughman, no offence to our other guest, the nicest ploughman by all accounts, and best scone slash scone maker at the club, Damon Greeny. Hello, Damon. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you for inviting me on. I don't feel qualified to talk about this uh, subject that you've teed me up for, but I'm going to do the do my very best. Ah, uh, Damon, you do yourself a disservice there. Uh, and our other guest is someone who is equally as obsessed with line and length as our previous guest. We have, I would say, one of the wittiest ploughmen uh, at the club. We have the very own rat crs welcome mate hello lads thank you for having me back i'm looking forward to it um so you've both been on before yes am i right yep i've made an appearance before yes yeah you've both been on before so i won't ask you uh, anything you know mundane like who's your favorite plowman or anything silly like that but uh, i will ask you who would be opening the bowling, seeing as you're opening bowlers, in your beer slash cider slash cheer 11 
that we're calling it now. Who would you love to open the bowling with at the other end slash have a beer with in the beer 11? Who's a good night? Who's good on a night out, basically? Me first? Oh, boy. Um, I'm, I'm struggling with this one. I think um, I might have to pick Tom Lonnon because I'm slightly in awe of him. And I don't know what he's like on a night out. Um, but I think he would be great company at both the opposite end and on the same side of the bar. I think with Lonnie, it depends which Lonnie you get, really. If you get admin Lonnie or Fun Tom, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's I'm slightly, I'm slightly frightened of both of those Tom Lonnons, so, so it would be an interesting <laughs> partnership that we would form. <laughs> yeah, me too. CRS? Um, my mind sort of went to Rahul straight away, but then I sort of had to catch myself and went, He's probably actually more a finisher than an opener. He could be a very dangerous man to, to kick it off with. Um, I don't think I have that kind of staying power if um, my first beer of the night is with him. So uh, I might have to go maybe <laughs> some lads a bit more sensible. I'll give a shout to my, my tour roommates, uh, Spence and Butters. Uh, good lads. We ran a good room on holidays. So. That sounds like an excellent room, yeah. Like yeah, he's into the innings. Definitely. And, and interesting, bringing up Rahul, what are your thoughts on opening the bowling with spinners? Izzy, I'll throw that one to you as an opening bat. If you're going out there to open up and you see, uh, you see someone coming off three or four paces, opening what's going through your head? Spinners. Thing is, on tour, are you an opening bowler if you're a spinner? Well, on tour last year, I actually opened the bowling with my tweaky off spin um, and actually didn't go for many as... You know, um, I do have the lowest um, average multiplied by a comedy. I don't know if you heard that on the, the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, it felt weird in every sense of the word. Um, and I think even though it was me doing it, I thought to myself, this is just wrong and should never, ever be repeated. Um, that's where I that's where I sit on the issue. I don't know when, if anyone else has any Well, I'll wave the New Zealand well. flag here because I think it was uh, it was something that New Zealand put to good effect, especially in the shorter format. But I'm um, I'm also mm. going to mention a conversation that Fred, Chris, me, and Steve had over a very nice lunch in Malaga, when the notion of opening with four bowlers, four count them, four bowlers. <laughs> was 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 floated and um maybe answers on a postcard for that um but i do like that idea of mixing it up for the for the opening batsman they just don't know what they're going to get next so you mean like mm. it would go greeny roden smith paul lonsdale greeny roden smith paul lonsdale. that yeah. was the proposal something like that something like that maybe something to try yeah, that was that was his thoughts wow. interesting what about you crs as an aussie surely can't it can't can't be having spinners opening. Look, the bowling, I, right? I like a bit of left of center if 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 it calls for it, if the situation's right. I think the problem is we used to grow up on a lot of really abrasive astroturf pitches, and if you you're taking out of the game the the eight overs in which the ball would swing, it's uh it's quite a sort of tough ask to get that ball out of the opening bowler's the usual opening bowler's hands. Mm. You tend to want to maximise that. I think out here where the ball lasts a bit longer and you're still swinging it towards the end of the innings, why not? I think uh, games are very match-up centric these days, aren't they? So if you can surprise a batsman mm. or you think he's got mm. a weakness, go for it. Mm. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Interesting. All right then, 
What? Um, let me throw this one to you, Damo. When you're when you're opening up the bowling, what is there anything that the batsman can do? If you see the batsman doing anything specific at the other end or wearing anything particular, is there anything that really is there anything that can put you off your line and length? Or are you utterly un unfazed by anything the batsman's doing when you've got the new rock in hand? Fred, what are you talking about? Opening the bowling for me is just trepidation, <laughs> anxiety, fear. I just, I, I don't know. There's always a moment in my release where I think, oh, where the hell is this going to go? Um, I don't know. I think, I think um, Chris has talked about matchups i also think it's about partnerships and i remember a very good day that i had last year when trent and i opened the bowling and trent was very hard on himself saying that he felt that he he'd um, taken the pressure off at his end um and i didn't think that that was right at all but i think it is i think there's something in that that you are bowling in mm. partnership with someone when you're opening which is something that i'm uh, developing a greater appreciation for on that day, it was unusual because we had two opening batsmen of very different statures. One was very tall, oh, one I was quite that. short. So one one you needed to bowl sli maybe slightly short of a length, one needed a fuller length. I struggled with that. I don't mind admitting. So I think I think Trent was being particularly harsh on himself um, just because they got a streaky four away at one point or something, or they were able to rotate rotate the strike. A little more regularly than we would have liked um, but that's something that goes through my mind like trying to suss them out in the first mm. over um, I, I, I'm not a very good um, viewer of the game in that way where I know that some bowlers can sort of get the best of a batsman in just a couple of deliveries they've worked them out completely I take a bit longer to see what's what mm. than that um, CRS in a similar vein to that um, I'm sure people would be interested to hear your thoughts on the whole left-hand, right-hand batting combo. Say if you're opening the bowling and myself and Fred walk in, he's the unorthodox lefty. Does it, how long does it kind of, well, it might not take you any time at all, you know, with your economy, but, you know, does it take you a while? Does it get in your head about the field is shifting about? Does that distract you in any way? Um, How do you do Yeah, that? not so much the field, just the, the getting a different line sort of thing. And um, I have to say, it's not a thing I've had a huge amount of experience in bowling to lefties compared to probably, you know, 95% of your deliveries you've ever bowled are to right-handers at our level. Uh, so there is that thing of like, it has taken me a lot more years to sort of work out how I want to attack them and what I want to do. And I have to echo Damo's thoughts. I think there's still a bit of me every time I have a new ball in my hand that feels the imposter syndrome that just goes, I'm just, just two balls away from being found out. <laughs> They'll all realize I'm a fraud and that someone will just get a piece of me and go, you know what, pretty medium actually. I'll, I'll have my way with this, so. It's interesting really, isn't it? Because I don't think they're actually too dissimilar. There's a lot of, um, a lot of overlap in, within the roles, I think. I mean, you're sort of, you're setting the tone, aren't you? I mean, you're doing a lot of the grunt work. I mean, we're out there, you know, playing arguably when it's the ball, most difficult to bat, the ball's moving around. You guys are having to run and bend your backs, um, try and try and get something out of the pitch or through the air. Um, yeah, I think there's uh, there's definitely a crossover. Yeah. Yeah, it's setting a platform, isn't it? 
if you it's the same setting a platform it's the same as opening the batting if mm. you know get to 40 for not you set a platform if you're if the oppo were you know 10 overs in and they've only scored 20 runs and maybe lost a couple of wickets then mm. platform for the rest of the guys basically you know it's it's one of the hardest <laughs> jobs you can do you know with the bat or the ball and uh, arguably one of the least rewarding well I'm I'm very interested to hear Chris talk about the imposter syndrome there because that that speaks to me that speaks volumes to me because that's exactly how I feel I don't really consider myself to be an opening bowler because I don't think I'm a, a shock bowler or a strike bowler in any by any means I mean I don't take enough wickets to do that but by God let me say the honour and privilege of being given that new ball when you see that perfect pristine ball straight out of the wrapper there's only me and the skipper have touched it so far the only players who have touched it you're given this perfect object glistening beautiful thing no thug with a big lump of wood has smashed it into the trees for me yet i mean it is su it's the stuff of dreams when the skipper throws that ball to you and said i want you to open i mean boy what a feeling well that's not that leads me onto a question yeah. then so would you say that you prefer because i know you've, you've given pros and cons now you said you know there's fear but then it's also an honor so do you prefer being thrown that new cherry and given the honor or do you prefer you know being ollie lonsdale <laughs> and cleaning up the tail and taking all the credit Ah, <laughs> uh, well every time that i've played for plowman's i've always felt confident that the skipper has a plan and that he's seen everyone play who's in his side and that there's a that there's a method there so that they they know they're asking me to do a job which they feel that I'm qualified to do so yeah sure I, I wish that I was coming on a bit later sometimes um, and and ripping into some uh, can I say lesser batsman that would that would be personally gratifying but like I say the honor of being asked to open is is far outweighs um, that feeling of of cleaning up um, someone further down the order. Yeah, I'm still full of that kind of boyhood wonder of oh my god, what a privilege to be asked to be one of the two opening bowlers. Sure. Unbelievable. There's your answer, CRS. Do you agree? Yeah, mostly with that. Um, I have to say, like when you play for a long time, I've I've sort of struggled to get into particular bowling lineups as well. Uh, at different stages through my time. So there's there's a bit of beggars and choosers where I'm quite accustomed to sort of just being thrown the ball whenever. And I think it sort of helps you develop your game a bit as well. So like, I really enjoy that challenge of the new ball. And equally, like I really have started to enjoy bowling in the middle again. And that sort of like feeling like when the game's starting to shift, it's a, it's a very different role. And in, in some ways it's very apples and oranges that both, both are appealing for different reasons. Yeah, I'm with you, Chris. I was just sorry to interrupt. I'm with you, Chris, because I, I, you know, being asked to bowl at all is um, is great fun for me, and I and I don't want to anything that I say here and now is not meant to influence my skipper on Sunday in any way, shape, or form. I'm just you know full full declaration there of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's interesting. It's something that's uh, that's shared around at the club, isn't it? I mean, I think a lot of our seamers, um, you know, 
a lot of them get used to bowling at different points. I mean, apart from this uh, young Matt Bolshaw, who was uh, bowling in the twos uh, last Saturday, he looks like... Uh, He's one to watch, yeah. He's been opening the bowling for a while. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Exciting young talent there. Is he going to be a... a... Uh, regular in the two. I think, you I think he's fighting for a spot there. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. He's. Uh, yeah. Well, good look. Good Bol- look to you, the right. Um, Bolshaw was Bush. it? Bush. Good. Bolshaw. <laughs> yeah, I think think I've heard of him. Yeah. So to turn the table on to the two opening batsmen, uh, what's your general approach when you guys walk out into the middle? What's the first thing running through your head? What are you thinking? The first thing running through my head. Um, well, that's, don't get out to the first ball is the first thing that goes through my head. I like to take one because um, I think I'm hard. Uh, uh, so, especially when back with Tom Lane, always take one. Um, although I was alphaed by Leo Niboa, I can't, that might be the wrong pronunciation the other day, but I was skipping and opening him. And I went, do you want me to take one? He went, no, I'll take one. Fair play. Um, yeah, so that's the first thing that goes in my head is just <laughs> like I tried to say every ball. I tried to say, watch the ball, get forward to it because I always get bold trying to cut it on off stump. Watch the ball, get forward to it. But I'm like saying that over and over in my head, especially for the first ball, because you do. I do not want to get out first ball. So that's the first thing I'm thinking: get through the first ball, then get through the again, then get through the first over. Fred. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that's the big disparity between the two roles of bowler and batsman, isn't it? I mean, if we, you, you guys have always got another ball that you can come back to if uh, if one goes a bit wrong. Um, so yeah, I just think just yeah, playing with a straight bat, try generally try not to actually play a cut shot in the first four or five overs, um, which you know is probably pretty negative. But um, yeah, yeah, well, it's yeah, I think it's it's a game of patience, uh, very much so. Um, but then there are different different approaches to opening, aren't there? I think me and Iskander have a fairly similar... I think he probably goes a bit quicker than me. But, you know, if you have someone like um, Suri opening the batsman... Opening the batting, rather. Um, and he gets off like a train that... Um, that's obviously a very different approach. I mean, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it comes down to personal preference. Yeah, you want to... Well, I was just going to say that you, you do want to... As much as you want to, you know, stay there especially for the first two overs, few overs, not to lose any wickets. You also want to put pressure on those opium bowlers so that they, you know, question why they've been throwing the cherry. But, <laughs> like, not... That doesn't necessarily mean carving boundaries every ball in the first over, but it could be a, you know, a solid, like, positive defence, you know, with a big call, let them know that, mm. you know, you're here to stay, that kind of thing, you know? Being positive, not necessarily meaning smashing boundaries everywhere but yeah yeah and uh, i think i've also been scarred by batting in um far less ta- talented batting lineups uh, than the ones i've recently had the pleasure of playing in so i have felt in the past very much that you know if uh if i were to get out that you know there wasn't an awful lot left to come so i think that that sort of plays on my psyche a bit sort of past experiences yeah. when i've watched you bat though both both you, Fred, and Iskander, you both seem to look very relaxed at the crease. Very casual, almost. Mm. Bordering on indifferent. <laughs> I mean, are you are you aware of your body language? Is that part of your part of your psyche when you go into bat? Are you thinking about how you exude that confidence? 
how you show it to the opening bowlers that you're the one who's in Maybe charge here? Yeah, subconsciously. I think, yeah. I think a lot of, most opening batsmen at the club, I think, have that kind of, they look and seem relaxed. Logan, in his, you know, white jumper that's not actually a cricket white jumper there with he's just like no helmet. He just looks like the coolest bloke on the field. And if I was a bowler, I'd be going, this guy doesn't care. He's not intimidated by me at all. Um, so I think, yeah, I think they, we do tend to try and, you know, keep calm and look calm. Well, I'm, I'm myself, I'm not. I'm very nervous those first. Until I get off the mark, then I relax mm. into it. But while, when I'm on that naught, I'm nervous, really nervous. Say, so in uh, my previous life as an opening batsman, I have to say, like, <laughs> one of the things I sort of struggled with was we played a lot of two-day cricket where you could sort of plonk away. And I really struggled with my sort of pacing and innings, I think, in the few one-day games we played a season. Like, how do you guys sort of sum up a pitch, sum up the conditions, sum up a bowler to pick on? Do you, do you have a moment where you sort of decide, or right, I'm shifting gears, or do you just sort of take it as it comes a bit? So I'd say for me, I think um, regardless of conditions, even bowling quality, first five or ten overs are going to be pretty respectful to whatever's, whatever's coming down or, you know, what the conditions are. But I think it just gets so much easier after that. And if you get to drinks, I think that's a massive, that's such a massive thing as an opening bat. If you get halfway through the batting innings and you're still there at drinks, uh, you know, confidence goes through the roof and, you know, you can, it, it just gets so much easier. I mean, you do accelerate always. There's no game of cricket I played where, you know, the second half of the batting innings didn't go a lot quicker. But that's always dangerous, I think. Like, I, there's nothing better, you're right, when you open the batting and get to drinks, you leave your helmet and your gloves and your bat in the middle. But then you need to refocus. I am so guilty. Tom Lennon calls them pretty 50s of just getting to 50, getting to drinks and then getting out in the next couple of overs because I've, you know, like just relaxed too much. And I think that is one thing that, yeah, you do need to reset after any break. It's a fine um, line, isn't it, between relaxing and yeah. relaxing too much, isn't it? between being calm yeah. and being overly relaxed. Yeah, and I know it gets me, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about those partnerships? Because I was, I mentioned bowling in partnership earlier, and I had a that day with Trent. I also think one of my best, the best bowling sessions that I've had this year was when I opened with Laura Thompson against the Battersea Ironsides and I think we just complemented each other very well on that day and it all just clicked but it, have you got examples mm. where you've had a opening bat partner where you're thinking this just isn't working we're just not on the same wavelength or we haven't found a groove together I'm I'm going on my own here absolutely I, I, I cannot stand batting with Max as awful as it is um, <laughs> he he I mean, we've all we've all played cricket with him. I think most of us have had the misfortune of bowling to him. And you know, the first four once he's once he's sort of putting the hammer down, the first four balls he's trying to hit for a boundary every single one, and then he'll try and take a single off the last two. And it's just infuriating if you're at the other end because most you're getting to face is sort of one or two balls and over, and there's no way you can sort of keep up with what he's. Uh, yeah, I I really struggle with that, but. Um, in terms of people I enjoy opening the batting with, me and Joe Hawkins had a monster opening partnership against uh, 
Stremmer Marlborough two two years ago now, and that was awesome because he's a, he's a very quick lad as well, and uh, we we ran some really sharp singles. He's a, yeah, he's definitely a bloke I enjoy opening the betting with. I think Logan's my favourite um, because we have complete opposite styles. I mean, there was a game, I think it was two years ago, we played, and we put on. 150 almost i think and the the um what do you call them wagon wheels his is like a v mm. straight v <laughs> and mine is like the backwards v which i think must be <laughs> must have been chaos for the captain and stuff and mm. i think they only had like eight fielders as well which also yeah um so on to the games of the weekend there was no first team fixture this weekend um I don't know why, but there was a week off there. So we go straight into our second 11, uh, trying to bounce back from a hefty win, hefty loss, sorry. Trying to bounce back from a hefty loss uh, the week before, uh, and they were playing against Croydon CC. So the home side, Croydon CC, went into bat first, and they put on 178 for seven off their 40 overs. Um, pick of the bowlers was Greg Willis. We have here three wickets for 39 off his eight, um, adding on to his brilliant week last week where he, with the bats, so proper all-rounder he's becoming this season, Greg Willis. I knew he could play. I always said he could play. Um, wicket shared between Lonnon, Joey Anderson, and this new fella in the twos, Matt Bushshaw, Bolshaw. Um, decent economy, actually. You know, only 21 runs from his eight overs. Yeah, you might be right, Fred. He might have a place mm. in the twos. Um, so, yeah, that was 178 for Croydon. Plowman CC coming back and winning with five overs and three wickets to spare, winning by three wickets as the plough do. Standout performances. Michael Ainsley, 34, nice to see him in the runs. Made Avail Nets regular there, so that must be paying off. <laughs> uh, Surrey, 49, jug avoidance. Well batted, Surrey. 17 from the skipper and 15 not out from Azza at the end. Um, I think this is the game where the plough were watching from across the globe. The people watching at Lords, people watching in Australia people watching on the toilet like it was a proper <laughs> spectacle which is always good to see so yeah the twos Absolutely. go marching just, on just to notice as well i couldn't help but see that greg after taking three wickets didn't actually get a bat even though we ended up what uh seven down tough break that after scoring an 80 the week before wouldn't you say is absolutely it? outrageous have a word skip <laughs> I would be in his Fast ear. Tasks. I know he got three wickets, <laughs> but if I was Greg, if you if you're in well, whatever team you're in, get in their ear and say, "Look, I'm no number nine, number t I'm no number ten. Uh, yeah, outrageous <laughs> well, one. Not our place to question this. No, though, actually, and, and, and they you know and they did job. win relatively comfortably. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, maybe I'll take that back. Actually, Darren, good shout. <laughs> <laughs> good, yeah. Keep Greg out of that top seven. Um, and and can I just keep more praise on one of my bowling heroes here, Tom Lonnon? Please. Because I think those figures do deserve dwelling on for just a moment mm. longer. Eight overs, three maidens, mm. ten mm. runs, 
one wicket with an economy of 1.25. That is yeah, numbers that I dream of regularly. Yeah, it might be <laughs> an award later on in the uh, podcast. Oh, Who knows? Sis. Wait till we go through all the games we'll first. See, we'll see. That is, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> bold, Darren. Good. So going into... Yeah, well, bold, Darren. Um, going into the Sunday fixtures then, I had the pleasure of actually being at the Stratham and Marlborough game. Um, and it was quite a sight to see. We bowled them out for 164 in only 33 overs. I have never seen so many people being castled. Um, nine out of the 10 wickets were bowled. Um, Ollie Lonsdale and Tom Lonnon both getting fifers. Again, something I don't think I've ever seen before. Um, yeah, I mean, really, really impressive stuff. Um, Ollie Lonsdale cannot stop taking wickets. And I think that fiver took Darren to the top of the leaderboard in terms of fivers taken for the club. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, I think a uh, point was made of it afterwards. I think that's 19 fivers he's taken for the plough. So Damon and CRS, you've got a bit of work to do there to catch him up. On yeah. That. Extraordinary. Yeah, I think yeah. he took man's, over. Man's he overtook ball. his uh, good friend and uh, plow stalwart very... Matt Ridgeway. I think I heard that somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Matt, right. if that's you're listening, right. where wherever you may be, um, you need to come back and play some games and sort that out. Absolutely. Um, anyway, so yeah, that was the pretty much the tale of the bowling. Um, batting wise. Uh, Cake's got yet another 50. Uh, Matt, is an absolute pleasure to watch him bat at the moment. The man is in supreme form. Um, Baz, in one of the last few innings that he's going to play for the club, smashed 33 off 27 balls. Uh, looked absolutely nailed on to go big, um, but ended up uh, getting out, unfortunately. And, yeah, we won. We won by five wickets. Gave away a couple at the end. But, yeah, sort of... Eight overs to spare. It was it was a comprehensive victory. They 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 weren't on the same uh, same playing field as us. Um, in terms of notable, uh, well, funny things that happened at least when I was watching, um, I overheard Ollie say, "Was that a triple wicket maiden?" Assumed he was completely correct and put it in the group without asking a question. Subsequently, found out that the first ball of that over had gone for a wide and had been hit for a two. So I'm not quite sure where, where he'd work that out from. But um, hey, if you're taking wickets like that, uh, maths does not need to be your strong point. Um, so that was the Streatham game. And on to the Putney game. This was sprung on us a little bit. I think we were supposed to be playing Agricola and uh, subsequently gunned up for the Streatham and Marlborough game. But um, Putney are a very decent outfit. I think me and Damon were on the wrong end of a pretty awful pasting from them uh, last year. I'm pretty sure I got a duck and... No, you I... had to bring it up. You had <laughs> to bring it up. It was not a happy day for me either. Um, but yeah, a very, very strong team. And unfortunately, we ended up losing by 87 runs, I think. Putney got uh, 205 of their 40 overs. Uh, pick of the bowlers, Umar. Umar had an absolute day out from the looks of things. Eight overs, four maidens, 24 runs for four wickets. 
That is terrific stuff in his first game of the season. Um, yeah, highly impressive stuff. Um, but yeah, the plough. I was going to say that's fantastic from Umar, but that's not going to do his uh, hopes of becoming known as a batsman any good, I think. He might be uh, further typecasting no, himself great. into that bowling role, so. Uh. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, and yeah, no, if, he, uh, if he pulls his socks up and uh, comes on to host the podcast as he uh, said he was going to do, then maybe he can say his piece. Uh, so, uh, get involved, Umar. The gauntlet, that's right. Um, but yeah, it looks like, looks like the Palau chase didn't really get off the ground. Uh, we ended up only putting on 118 off of 30 overs, so falling 87 runs short. Brito with a tidy little 21. And Harry Davies waving the bat at the end of the innings. 27 runs off 25 balls from the number 10, for, sorry, number 9 position. That's a, that's a cracking effort uh, down the order. Um, and Lewis will be getting 11, which I know he enjoyed because I talked to him after the game. Now, couple of uh, points worth mentioning here, having spoken to the lads that were there. Um, one highlight, apparently, Yanni, Yanni managed to snick one of the balls through the slips for four. And after doing so, changed his grip on the back to make it look as though he had uh, angled it through <laughs> to third man deliberately, which I really enjoyed really hearing about. Um, you, ever, you, you ever done anything like that, Iskander? Mate, all of my runs go through there, so I just, <laughs> not, I, I'm just holding my bat and just slightly changing the angle every time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah, and um, I think otherwise, I heard Hansi was swiping on Tinder whilst umpiring at square leg, uh, <laughs> which is a great effort. Um, you know, it's, it's no fun umpiring, so I'm, I'm, I'm all for people uh, keeping themselves entertained. And apparently he also turned up in a sort of camouflage... Um, puffer jacket with white trousers and was standing right in front of the sight screen as the bowler was running into bowl and the Putney, Putney batsmen were absolutely baffled as to why the sight screen had feet um, so yeah well done Hansi, sounds like you had, a, you had a good day as well uh, so that is pretty much that for the fixtures ready So, on to everyone's favourite uh, section of the week, Fantasy Cricket. Bit of a sore one for me this week because I was top of the table this time last week uh, and I, for the first time this season, forgot to do it and lost about 800 points on some of the cloud who did well this week, which I was fuming about. Um, so, top of the table now is a familiar name, Trent Kitanzariti and his Jugs all-round team. Have a day off, Trent. Um, Fred, who topped the week's total? So, the top of the weekly standings was actually Rahul Nair and his team, How's That?, uh, very, very tight this week. Only five points between the top four uh, top four scoring ploughmen. So, all to play for, lads. Things can change very quickly. Uh, in terms of individuals, top scoring weekly uh, batter was Umar. Interesting, that. Because <laughs> uh, 
from having had a scout of the scorecard, he only scored one run, so I'm not quite sure how, how that's happened. As it turns out, taking wickets is probably the best way of uh, boosting those numbers as a batsman. Um, Fantasy is a bowler's game, man. Yeah, it's, you know, always has been. Um, and then top of the bowlers, uh, Ollie Lonsdale, no surprise, another, yet another five for 165 points for him. Tom Lonnon had a massive week as top of the all-rounders. Also got a five for 230 points for him. And Surrey leading off the uh, keepers with 66 points this week with his uh, 49 that he got. Uh, so, Izzy, do you want to ask our guests whether they've got any tips for, for the season ahead? Yeah. So, you guys, you know, you've been around quite a lot this season. Any, Give me a couple of names. Any, you know, people you think a good value or you think are must-haves um, or dark horses. Uh, Chris, you want to start? Um, it's very hard to go past Ollie Lonsdale, I think. The man said it himself in a 3am mm. text. He is a wicket-loving animal. And he just <laughs> cannot be stopped this year. So whatever he costs, pay for him. I think that man is taking wickets just like for fun. Mm. I'll go, and a bit of a dark horse, good to see him making his league debut, he's been discussed by you lads, but the uh, the big dirty mo, Greg Willis, has uh, really, really been on the rise in the last few weeks since he's come back, and uh, I've netted with him at Kennington mm. in the preseason, and I have to say I'm very unsurprised by his form, so I think he's definitely going to be putting putting up a few more points this year. Well, I mentioned earlier about batsmen exuding confidence and all I can see is Steve Brito, who is looking like he's hitting some real sensational form. I mean, he just looks like he's he's there to score runs right now and I feel as though there's mm. some big innings coming his way. I also think you um, mm. got to get him down as a bowler. You know, he's he's very handy. I see a lot of him in the nets at Paddington Rec, mm. and he's a very, very tasty bowler. So I think there's there's good value there. Mm. Club legend opening back. Sure. Steve Ritter. Yeah. yeah. Any others, Damo? Give me one more. Uh, another one? Well, yeah, I mean, you're right. Who wouldn't put a fiver on Ollie Lonsdale to pick up another fiver? It's uh, it's just yeah. you just go with the form, don't you? It's it's incredible the the mm -hmm. you know, and it comes from a whole lot of hard work. It's not luck. I'm not trying to um, take anything away from that, but he just seems to be on an absolute streak at the moment. And boy, what a you just want some of that to rub off on everyone else, don't you? I certainly will be rubbing yeah. up to him at the first opportunity <laughs> I get. <laughs> Yeah, Michelle's every week at the moment for Lonsdale. It's, Saw a bit of that joking. at 3am as well. <laughs> Any other business? So, time for Matthew Bolshaw, the second 11 opening bowlers favourite section of the week. Any other business? Uh, we will start with the usual obsessed with line and length. Uh, we touched on someone earlier. I will open the discussions with Tom Lonnon. What was it? Eight overs, one for ten? 
something outrageous like that, 1.25 economy, that's where I'm going to start the bidding for this week's uh, Obsessed with Line and Length. Yeah, uh, hard to look past that for sure. Um, I would say, though, from the Streatham and Marlborough game, I mean, Tom, he took a fight. No, he went for over three and a half and over. No, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be his um, his performance against Croydon, isn't it? Because after all, this is a this is a award that um, recognises control and economy more than wicket taking ability, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Too right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if we're all happy with that, I'm happy with that. No argument um, here. Loves to bat. No. Loves to bat. Any please. Right, let's go. Um, loves to bat. Any nominations? Yeah, I'd for like to, to nominate Michael Ainsley um, in the spirit of our opening batsman conversation earlier. But his 34 off 86 balls looks like a very mature innings when you've got someone like Suri at the other end going hot. For him to just sort of hold the fort down, provide a bit of stability in a big century partnership, gets my nomination. Absolutely. That is the kind of innings that Loves to Bat was created for. I think, you know, when you're chasing 178, which is a good total, but not huge, mm. and you've got people like Surrey in and around you, I think that innings is invaluable. And um, by all accounts from some viewers around the world, that it looks <laughs> like a proper opener's innings. Uh, maybe we can consider adding him to the subgroup thread that is in your, in your power. Oh, that that's uh, not to maybe. first rule about that subgroup. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, I'm going to throw another name out there for discussion. Yanni Baveus. He yeah. got five from 21 balls against, as we all know, a very tasty Putney Cricket Club. And he made a point of saying to me after the game that he felt like a real opener whilst he was out there. Um, I know, yeah, he, he said that he battled really hard and that it's actually one of the longest innings he's ever played and that he rarely gets gets to actually face that many balls when he is batting. So that would that would be my suggestion. Um, although, obviously, I, NCAA, yeah. he did do very well. Uh, I would Damo, adore that. Yeah? Let's give it to Demo. What do you well, reckon out of the two? I've got a lot of time for Yanni because I've, I've seen him in the nets and he does take his batting very seriously and I think he's, mm. he's you know... He's one of those people that really wants to work hard on that, and he takes advice mm. from from the batsman, and he and he applies it. He applies himself, and he applies that that knowledge that others pass on. Um, mm. You know, if you're rewarding people who are dedicated to the cause, then that's a very good shout. I agree, and I also think there's something to be said for when you are on the other end of a hiding, and you're batting second, and it's absolutely clear that you're not going to chase the runs. Keeping the bowling team out there for as long as possible is, you know, key. Yes, I mean, we're we're not we're not walking over for anyone. Agreed. We're going to make you bowl your overs. Yeah. So so, um, what do you reckon then, Yarny, for the win? You I got think my vote, Michael Ainsley. It, but, uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I think that is harsh for Michael Ainsley, but I I don't see why not. Or we, we could give it to them both. Split yeah, points right, in the yeah. A shared award. A shared <laughs> award. Um, maybe you guys can both have a pint and discuss right, it um, <laughs> when you're at Made of Vale next. Um, on to third man. Now, this is a bit tricky because 
none of us actually played. Fred, you were at the Streatham game. Um, I've heard on the grapevine Geordie's name mentioned. Um, I think it was Geordie. They said that he was, I have a quote here, um, Geordie was a ball magnet in the field on Sunday, didn't let either team down, brackets, subfielded for them, which you absolutely (laughs) love to see. Putting in the graft for both teams. Um, Yeah, so that would, I I mean, fair play for you, Geordie. No one really wants to do that. Um, It's more of a necessity, if anything. Definitely. Um, I think worth mentioning, Charlie Evans looks like he took two catches against Putney. Um, although I am informed that he dropped a couple as well. One, apparently, which was a bit of a dolly. Oh, no, then, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> we love a drop on the Thanksgiving podcast, but, you know, 50% of the catches yeah. grabbed is... Yeah, uh, I don't know, I wasn't there. Well, you know yeah. what? Uh, Hansi, I was told by uh, Tom, got a very sharp run out against Croydon um, in a league game. And that... I always, I always feel should be rewarded. John Rives took a very good catch, actually. Now thinking about it, I was watching the live stream as he as he took oh, it. Yes, that was a that was a sharp grab, difficult one because we we didn't see a lot of it. Um, go on. I'm inclined just for the commitment to fielding for both teams to the best of his ability. I'm inclined to yeah. say Geordie. Yeah, I like that. You know, third man for us, fourth man for them. Yeah. Really giving it his all. Yeah, okay, I, I agree. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Yeah. Well done. Well done to all the award winners um, this week. We actually have a little bit of uh, an apology to make to one of our guests here. Uh, it turns out that Chris the Rat Roden Smith wrote in a lovely piece of correspondence um, two, three, maybe four weeks ago. And um, it was, for whatever reason, not read out on the pod. But now we have the man himself. So, Chris, if you would like to take it away, then Well, go it for was it. Uh, possibly overlooked because it's possibly not very good. So, uh, <laughs> written over a pint... <laughs> You've got to put a stamp on those envelopes, you know, Chris. <laughs> written over a pint or two on a, a bit of a weekend getaway. But I'd been listening to the podcast where they made many mentions to the new grey era of uh, Mm. Liam Grazer's leadership uh, of the first team, doing a marvellous job this season. And I'd suggested, rather than the grey area, that we should rename the corridor of uncertainty to the grey area. And I'd I'd sort Mm. of like whether maybe a little stamp of approval or disapproval uh, from the panel, but also is there any more plough-specific terminology that should really become part of our lexicon going forward what a question the gray area yeah i like that i like that i mean maybe it's a something for the committee to discuss uh, i don't mm. know uh, we can like, uh, <laughs> yeah yeah i wonder if mino scander's yeah. contributions are a little bit um as batsman is a little bit limited but i like it i think i think it's a good suggestion uh yeah. I well, I, if you uh, if you have any thoughts or any other ideas for similar, you know, plough name related cricket terms, then uh, email in at hello at ploughmancc.com. Uh, we always love to hear from people and we do promise to try better to read out 
uh, as much correspondence as we can. Anything else to say on that, Chris? Or Demo? Well, I would just say that um, Mo is doing such a good job as the librarian of the school books. I, I wonder if we can give him the job, and I don't want to throw him under the bus here, but I feel like all of this stuff needs to be taken down and archived in some way. I mean, let me just say that I still get a giggle out of whatever will be, will be. <laughs> that still tickles me every time I hear it or think about it. And I think you're, I think you're right, Chris, that this stuff can be so fleeting, especially on social media, that we need to record it in some way. And I, and I think you're onto something there with the gray area. Mm. That's um, that's a that's a wonderful piece of Plowman's um, history there that we that needs to be recorded adequately. Mm. Mo, if you're listening, which I know you are, <laughs> um, let us know your thoughts on a potential plow archive yeah. Um, yeah. section of your library. Um, that's very very good, very good point, that Chris. Um, thank you for bringing it up and for eventually getting to say your piece. Brilliant. So. Um, I think the last thing we have is a couple of... So we have Max Wright's... Um, Max and Max Gumpert's Superstats of the Week uh, from a couple of weeks ago. Um, we had an email in from, I think it was Yanni, with a guess. Um, we'd like a few more guesses if you're out there, you know, listening. Uh, you know, get involved. Um, so the super stat from that week was, which of these three distinguished ploughmen has the highest maiden percentage of their overs bowled for the plough? So the options were Logan Cassin, our very own Damon Greeny, or Ollie Lonsdale. Which bowler had the highest percentage of maidens from their overs bowled? Chris, Damon, do you want to guess before I read the answer out, or Fred? I know it can't be me. Damon says it's not it's you. Um, which one? Which one are you going for then, Logan or Lonsdale? I'm going for Logan. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Chris? I might go for Lonsdale if you've both gone for Logan, because I could see him being untouchable for a few overs, and then uh, getting all <laughs> he likes to get his wides out in bursts, so. You know, you might, you might, you might get four wide over, usually with two wickets in the middle, but then he might get one, one over where nobody's touching him, so maybe you're trying to trick us. Right. Okay, well, I can reveal that in third place, with 163 overs bowled and a percentage of 12.8 maidens, is Ollie Lonsdale. Dusted. And the winner, with 112 overs bowled, with a percentage of 14.2%, is our very own oh, Damon wow. Greeny, who beats Logan Cassian by a whole percent. So out of the three, Damon, you have the highest percentage of maidens. You're looking at me <laughs> shocked. Um, Thunderstruck. If you think it's definitely not right, then... Uh, Bring it up with Max Wright and Max Gumpert. I this am flabbergasted. My my gast could not be more flabbered. <laughs> I find that I find that very hard to believe. That's extraordinary. I'm but I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue. I'm taking it. 
Does your imposter <laughs> This is the best day of my life! <laughs> your imposter syndrome. Uh, and to finish, we have our own super stat. <laughs> and to finish, we have our very own James Sasato super stat of the week. James Sasato gone but never forgotten. Um, the super stat this week I have labelled Plough's ultimate all rounder. So the question is which active ploughman has the closest bowling and batting average? So which ploughman, active ploughman, has their is their bowling average closest in numbers to their batting average? Any ideas off the top of your head? None at all. No, well, I've already proven <laughs> what how how wild my guesses are. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Let's say Joe Hawkins. How about that? Oh, good shout, mm. Joe Hawkins. What do you think his numbers are? What about sort of twenty-five, thirty-ish for both? Less than that. Uh, around. I mean, it, I, I have absolutely no idea, mate. Could be, could be anyone. Maybe Greg Willis. Another one. That's a good guess. Yeah, yeah, Willis. Anyway, if you have any ideas uh, over the next week, and especially all you at home, email in at hello at ploughmancc.com and uh, whoever's doing the pod next week will hopefully read out any answers that are sent in. Great. It's a wonderful stat to have, mm. whatever it is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it might, it'll probably have changed by next week, but um, as of now... Yeah, it might be me again. That is, <laughs> get that man off your No, I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. So I think that's everything then today. Um, thank you very much, Izzy, for stepping in at the last minute. Um, thank you very much for hosting with me. Um, not much else to say, really, other than to thank our guests. Damon, thank you very much for coming. Always a pleasure. Chris, sorry for spilling a beer on your dog yesterday. Sorry, last week. <laughs> Oh, was that you? And thank you for coming. Oh. We we're going to get to the bottom of that. She, we didn't uh, get any answers to the who's She did it. jump in the pool chasing Lucky, so I don't think I'd noticed. So, uh, oh, that's good, good to know, but thanks for having us. Pleasure <laughs> as always. Awesome. This is Shane Warne. Make sure you plough on. Do plough and CC. Plough on, guys. Take too much. Uh, we didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, bowl me bouncer. We spent for six. So. This, this club is beyond cricket. Plough and CC is the greatest club in the world. Oh!